Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome aboard. The SS Two Degrees Hotter. <laughs> what does SS stand for? Do we know? I have no idea. I assume one of the S's is ship, but internet company. Steamship. Ah, steamship two degrees hotter. Take That's it. That's interesting. I guess I thought that SS existed before there were steamships. Like what was like the Santa Maria. Not yeah. an SS? I guess not. All right. But I'll be honest, I haven't I haven't thought too critically about uh Columbus. The steamship revolution. Yeah. <laughs> that that came about. Yeah. Um Hello. This is the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. This is not a steamship, in case you were confused. I bet that niche probably exists though. If you're looking for a Oh a, certainly a boat history podcast. Yeah, we aren't it though. Uh, no. So listen to this episode and then Yeah. Fi- find a steamship podcast. But in the meantime, I'm Kylie. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Anya. And today is actually, I don't know if it's the exact date, but we are right around the time that three years ago at this point we started the podcast. So yes. In honor of that, today's episode, we are going to be reflecting on things we would tell ourselves at that time. So to set the scene, we all know COVID just hit. We had just come home in the middle of senior semester, senior spring, just figured out that like all of that stuff was being taken away mm-hmm. and we started the pod. And so I would say we were like hopeless little rats at that time. And we are going to (laughs) be giving ourselves advice. If we could speak to past us, these are the things we would tell them. So stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Because now we're hopeful little rats. It's true. What can you say? We're excited. I can't believe it's been three years. That's actually bonkers. That like doesn't feel true or real. No, it doesn't. Um. I also feel like I'm talking very weird because I got new AirPods, uh, which aren't my favorite this week because I've had them for literally less than 24 hours. But I the I got the AirPod Pros and they're way more noise canceling. Oh. Like even just like the way that they like sit in your ears. So yeah. I sound so weird to myself. So if I'm talking weird, uh, so sorry. That's my I bad. do feel like you're enunciating maybe a little more than usual. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, like that like muffled when you have yeah. like earplugs yeah. in. That's how my voice sounds. So I, to me, I'm like, I sound so quiet and like dull. So I'm overcompensating. So yeah. don't mind me. It'll take a couple episodes for me to get used to them, but. I'll talk about them more. I have a feeling they're going to be a favorite, but I was like, I should probably try them for more than a day before I'm like, you should get yeah. them too. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyways. So if you want to hear, I guess it's kind of like post-grad advice, but it's also just like past us advice. Maybe you are yeah. in a similar position now. Maybe you're just graduating or yeah. you just use some, you know, deep reflection and that's what we're going to yeah. bring today. Or a pep talk. Who knows? hmm mm-hmm. So before we do that, we will start with our week in review.
I think we both have like kind of big weeks in review. We both yeah. have like big adult move week in reviews. Yeah. Um, I bought a car today as we were recording this. Ooh. It was this morning. Um, a used car. If you know yeah. the story, mine got totaled. RIP, miss you every day, Subi, great gal. <laughs> Definitely in like a junk yard. Oh, think about her every day. Um, yeah. So I had a Subaru Impreza 2012. She served me well. She had almost 200,000 miles on her and she was murdered in cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so I was on a quest to get a new car. I was debating what I wanted to do. Um, I decided to fulfill my, I say lifelong dream. I don't think it's been my lifelong dream because I don't think I've perceived cars for my whole life. But since I've like had a perception of vehicles, I always thought that I would like to own a Beetle. Mm -hmm. And so that was the initial mission that I was going on. I was like scoping out the options, figuring out if it was like actually practical for me to get one, all the things. And I ended up finding one uh, probably like 40 minutes from where we live that um, had about 49,000 miles on it. And it's a 2013. So it's a bit older, but it like has hardly been driven. Um, and she is now mine, although she's still there. She'll still be there for a little yeah. while as they like sort everything out. But um, I wanted to take the opportunity to discuss like car dealerships in general because yeah. I was very proud of myself because number one, I went by myself. I didn't bring anyone with me. I like handled all the negotiations by myself. And number two, I actually got – like I didn't make any compromises. Like I actually got everything that I wanted out of the nice. sale, which I feel like it's very easy as like a young woman to feel intimidated in a car dealership setting. Like it's an extremely unwelcoming environment. They yeah. – they want you to be an uninformed consumer basically, which is like such a shitty practice, but that's just like how the business works, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I got a lot more respect out of the guy when I actually like, he could tell I had done my research and was like asking good questions and like knew my shit about what I wanted and that kind of stuff. Like for example, um, I asked if the fluids had been changed or if the fluids needed to be changed. And he said like, Oh no, that's not really a concern until a hundred thousand miles. And I was like, well, I happen to know that like the transmission fluid probably needs to be changed because blah, 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 blah. And yeah, so I got all of my desires out of the deal. So he's doing a couple of things for me that I were kind of my like non-negotiables if I were to buy it. Mm -hmm. um, and she's silver. I don't know if I said that yet. That's my only like she's a great candidate overall. <laughs> candidate. <laughs> um <laughs> My only hesitation is that she wasn't like a more fun color, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. if you know if you're in Beetle Land, you would know. So in 2013 or was it 2012? Um, one of those years, they started making them look slightly different. Actually, if you compare to the year prior, they're a little more masculine. They would say like they look a little more like a regular car than like the super bubbly Beetles of like our childhood. Mm -hmm. And along with that change, they made a bunch of like upgrades to make the car more practical, but they also did away with like a lot of the fun colors. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of what I was learning is like there were so few bright color options and the ones that there were were like 2010 and older, which I just felt like was too old for me. Um, so she's silver. She's a neutral. I'm thinking about names. So if you have any suggestions, let me know. Um, and we're going to decorate the inside and it's going to be great. But yeah, I'm excited and just like proud of myself that I did really the whole process like on my own. Like I did ask Grant like for his professional opinion um, on a few things, but like he never came with me. Like I was like, this is my, 
this is my car process. So yeah, good for me. And I hope it's not a big mistake. <laughs> Keep yeah, posted. It's so um, yeah. That's the thing with like used cars. Like I'm like excited about it, but at the same time, like the back of my mind, I'm like, did I do the right thing? Like, I guess we'll find out. But yeah. a good sign was to me, at least I saw two of the exact car today. Isn't that weird? So like it is weird. when I was driving back from having bought it, I saw one on the highway. And then when I was getting my nails done, one parked right outside of the nail salon. And I was like, no I don't even see beetles like every week to see like two silver ones on the same day that I bought one. I was like, that feels like a good, good omen. Yeah, so certainly, certainly. Well, congrats. That's my update. I was Big like, Kylie, I'm a mother. I'm yeah. a mother of a beetle. <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. Um, I feel like Stella could be a contender Ooh. for a name. I like that name, but I, I that's like on my human names list. And so I don't yeah. know if that would like – but I do really like it. It is a cute yeah. one. Because like it kind of thinks of like a star, like silver. That's what I'm thinking. Cosmic. Like, I feel like yeah. silver needs like a celestial mm-hmm. type so of – So true. Luna Celeste. Maybe? Oh, Celeste. Luna. Okay. All good All good brainstorming. Something to think about. Something yeah. to think about. Mm-hmm. So for my week in review, I got promoted at work. Please. Not I wonder how that way. sounds in the mic, actually. I can't hear it at all in my headphones, actually. Oh. It, like, silenced. Oh, we'll The mic is, like, works. disturbed. <laughs> uh, Anya was clapping for – because you guys can't see her. But, yeah, I got promoted. Um, it was kind of – I don't know if back and forth is the right word, but – if you don't know, I work in like the tech industry or like the tech adjacent industry. And so with this current recession, there's been a lot of like ups and downs and uncertainty in our industry. And basically, I went into this year being told that I would be promoted mid-cycle. And then obviously Q2 came around when it was time to talk about promotions and it was kind of like up in the air on whether or not I would be promoted for budgetary reasons and just like hires were being shot down. So like there were political implications of like, well, we can't shoot down someone's hire and then promote someone like that's kind of like sending mixed messages. It was whatever. I'm sure there was reasons (laughs) behind the decision, but I was basically in limbo for the past couple of months being like, I don't know if I'm actually going to end up getting this promotion in the mid-cycle or if I'm going to have to wait till end of year. Um, And then at one point, I was basically told that it likely wasn't going to happen right now, um, which was a big bummer. Uh, And then on Tuesday, I found out that I actually was getting the promotion. So as of Well, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So as of yesterday, I am now a content marketing manager, which is very exciting. I was previously a marketing coordinator, which is like very much a BS, like entry level marketing. You know how like there's random titles that are like, that Mm -hmm. doesn't tell me Mm -hmm. anything about what you actually do for a living. I just know that you are within five years out of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that's what a marketing, marketing coordinator is. So I'm happy to have a title that's a bit more like niche down into the type of marketing that I want to do and like what I actually do in my day-to-day life because I really was doing the work of a content marketing manager since January if not before that Mm -hmm. um so to have like the recognition of this promotion is really cool um yeah I'm just excited about it I it's been a long time coming I texted Anya and I was like 
uh, my company really said, we'll promote you, but you won't know peace until then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they really made you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth over like months. Um, yeah. And then it was funny because the way they announced it too, like you found out with everyone else, which is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like was literally just like having my little morning, checking my emails, like doing some sort of mundane, mundane like first thing in the morning task. And I get an email that says Kylie's promotion to content marketing manager. And I did one of those like rub my eyes. Like there's no way that I'm reading that right. I'm Kylie. Uh, and then I was like, okay, maybe Alyssa, maybe this is Alyssa's way of telling me. And she sent it to me to like double check the email and make sure that it's like good to go to the company. So I opened the email and it says, you know, to my company. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. This went out to the company. So I was like, either I got promoted or this is a big mistake. This is a big mistake and I'm promoted now anyway. <laughs> and I'm, and hey, there's no turning back now. I'm yeah. <laughs> um, and then my boss, Alyssa, she ended up uh, calling me like right after the email went out and told me. So yeah, a little funky. I was a little like thrown for a loop, you know, yeah. like the Mr. Krabs like shaking me. Yeah. Where you're like, what is going on? That mm -hmm. was me. But it all worked out in the end. I'm lucky that, you know, I kind of broached the idea of a promotion. So it wasn't like this was something that was offered to me and I would have like declined or anything. Um, and I'm not going to be like managing people or whatever. Like I'm more, I'm not a people manager. I'm a, a task manager, but mm -hmm. yeah, I'm excited. It, it felt good. Like logging on today, I was like, hmm, ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm a manager. <laughs> she really updated LinkedIn like <laughs> within minutes. <laughs> I was acting out of shock and like fear. <laughs> Literally has had the tad open for months, just waiting to hit post. <laughs> well, and then my, of course my brain that's like, if this is a mistake, I'm like, okay, well, it's already out to the whole company. Let me put it on LinkedIn too. If it's out to my whole LinkedIn network, they can't, they can't take it back. They can't take it back. We just have to roll with it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so very exciting. And then on a much like lighter note, I just wanted to mention this. Uh, I feel like this season of Danceworks is flying by. We're currently yeah. in our um, – it's called Costume Works, where we bring our costumes to the space that we rehearse in. So it's kind of like a dress rehearsal in studio, not mm -hmm. quite a full-on dress rehearsal, pretty low stakes. But it's like the first time that you're doing your dances like really full out, performing them because they take a lot of video for promotion and for – a a like compilation video that plays at the beginning of the show and yeah i just i feel like it came up so fast it is a little earlier this season but it like really came up fast and i just feel like this season has felt so much different than the fall season uh just in terms of like pacing and chaos and mm -hmm. all of it it's just i can't believe that we already like our tickets are already on sale for our show it's bananas it's bonkers um, yeah i agree it's felt i don't know if it's like it's felt much faster or if i just feel less like prepared <laughs> probably yeah. a little bit of both um, yeah probably both but yeah everything will turn out fine it always does but i agree i kind of like i have rehearsals on mondays and they kind of get screwed because of all the monday holidays and i feel like yeah. i'm a little nervous about that one because like we even lose memorial day and stuff but if you're in the Boston area and you want to come yeah. DM us on Instagram and we'll send you the link and do it soon because tickets do actually sell out. So yeah. there was like a whole black market on Facebook last year yeah. for the tickets. So people are getting yeah. like scammed yeah. by bots and stuff. 
Um, yeah, but because we're yeah. so popular and people want to watch. I mean, apparently, movies. like that's it's, it's like actually one of the kind weirder of crazy. things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We our tickets have been on sale for like two days, and two shows are already almost sold out. Which, mm-hmm. like, for a small company, a small like amateur company, I'm like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But alas, we probably just need a bigger theater. That's probably what's going on here. Yeah. So, but true. here we are. Yeah. Well, congrats, Slay, overall. And let's get into our favorites. So this is like – it's a favorite with an asterisk. The asterisk says, I have only done this one time. However, I did really like it, so I wanted to bring it up. And I didn't really have anything else striking me this week. But the asterisk is, I've only done it one time. Maybe my opinion would change if I've done it a million times. But yeah. I tried Reformer Pilates for the first time last week, like about a week ago, and it was through ClassPass. So yeah, ClassPass, definitely TDH approved. I really enjoyed my free trial. And in fact, if you want to get on ClassPass, hit us up and we'll send you a link and you can get a free trial Yeah, with more credits. I think you can always get a free trial, but if you like get a link from someone, you get way more credits to use. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hit us up. It's a win-win. And yeah. um, I tried a place called B-Tone in Boston. And it was my first time ever trying reformer Pilates in general, like anything with like a big Pilates machine like that. And it was really something. It was like giving adult playground. Um, and I was telling Kylie, like, I guess it's kind of like any niche exercise. Like there were so many like terms that I didn't know yet, but it was funny because they were yeah. like so long and out there. So they'd be like sumo wrestler reverse lunge like facing the wall and I was like what like so I was like waiting to like watch what all the other people are doing yeah but it was a really really good workout and I was so sore in like such unique places the next day so I did really like it and I'm interested I'm going to Charleston in like two days and I'm interested to see like what the class pass scene is there because I think that's like another fun perk of class pass it's like when you go on vacation you can still try like yeah. Fun workouts. Um, so maybe I'll report back if I end up doing that. Although I won't have a car there. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, big nice. TDH approved. Yeah, certainly. Love class pass over here. My favorite this week is – it's not a specific. It's a category. Uh, it's pasta salad. The weather's been like finally warm New England did that fun thing where we had like two days of spring and then like a little – we're in like our sneak peek of summer, I mm-hmm. feel like. And then it seems like it's going to like cool off a little bit. But with the warm weather, all I could think about was pasta salad. I felt like everyone around me was making pasta salad. And by that, I mean my three best friends from college uh, that I talk to every day. One of them made pasta salad and I couldn't get it out of my mind. Everyone. Um, so yeah, I just – I thought I would mention it. My favorite thing about pasta salad personally is that there's no rules, just vibes. Like you mm-hmm. can – as long as there is a pasta of some sort, whatever pasta means to you, uh, and it's cold, you have pasta salad. You can put literally whatever you want in it. Oh, I love it so much. And I was saying to Anya, I'm not a big like meal prepper like type of person because in my opinion, food is just not – as good as leftovers. Most food is not as good as leftovers. And so by the time I like am on day three of a meal prep, I'm like, I don't want to eat this Mm -hmm. three day old rice bowl that I made for myself on Sunday. Like I want something better than this. But pasta salad gets better 
as time goes on. Like it mm-hmm. really marinades in the dressing and it's just so good and so fresh and I love it so much and I just needed to share that love somewhere. I was just holding it inside of my body and I needed to get it out. I love pasta salad. My very important question, obviously mm-hmm. we know pasta salad can go different directions, the two main ones being like a more like oil-based mm-hmm. pasta salad or a more like mayo-based pasta salad. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely critical information. What is your preference between those two? Um, If I'm making it, I tend to make it as like an oil-based with like Italian dressing. That's what I was scared you would say. But if I'm like <laughs> buying like pre-made, I'm buying like creamier ones. Something yeah. about mixing like the mayo myself just gives me the ick. I'm going to be so uh, honest. I don't know I why. I love mayo. I unashamed, I, no shame, love mayo. I want to be there and I'm on – I think we've talked about this. I'm on a mayo journey. Like I'm working <laughs> on it, <laughs> but I'm not there yet. Okay. Well, let me so, know when you get there and we can make a big yeah, mayo pasta salad yeah. because that would be my preference. I think the thing is a lot of times like an oil-based one is made also with like balsamic, I feel like, and I don't really like balsamic. Oh, see, I just do Italian – I just do Italian dressing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that has any like balsamic. I I love balsamic, so I'll top mine with like a drizzle of the balsamic glaze from Trader Joe's, but that's optional. You don't yeah. have to do that. Um, and then I use the little mozzarella balls from Trader mm-hmm. Joe's that come Those in like so the good. oil and herbs, Ugh. so like that adds a little bit to the dressing. Oh, Delish! It's so good. It's what so pasta good. shape did you use? I actually used hack um the red lentil pasta from mm-hmm. trader joe's to up mm-hmm. the protein because a lot of pasta salad will have like salami or pepperoni or something like that so there's like a protein source in there but obviously onion i don't eat meat so i was like how can i make this just a little higher in protein a little more satiating some mm-hmm. may say uh red lentil pasta and i really like this is a hot take i like the texture of like non pasta pastas like chickpea yeah. red lentil i'm into it has like a softer like, I don't even know how to describe the texture. It's just like a little bit softer, a little bit like almost like dissolves in your mouth a little bit because it's just not as like firm as normal like flour pasta. But I kind of like that. I'm kind of into that. So I'm, I think it has its place. I'm definitely not a hater, but I don't think it's like a one to one. Like, I wouldn't just make any meal I would use pasta for with one of those. Really? I would. Yeah. I feel like real pasta like has its place in certain situations. Yeah, well I guess if I was doing like a tr- like a traditional Italian meal, I think like Italians everywhere would cease <laughs> like breathing if I used red lentil pasta. But in most other cases I'm using that. Just again cuz it like adds a little bit of protein. Mhm. It's like an easy way to do that. But yeah, make some pasta salad if you haven't already. Because I have a big old bowl in my fridge and I'm so glad I, I do. I just nibble at it all day. Memorial so Day. Good. Big yeah, pasta salad time. holiday. All right then. We'll be back in a few minutes to get into the meat of this episode. But in the meantime, enjoy our ads. Yeah. Yeah. 
If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. We're back. And it's funny because I realized I'm wearing our cover art outfit right now. Like the pink top and the pink hat that I'm wearing in our cover is the outfit that I'm wearing. I kind of struggle with the shorts. No. Oh. So not the full fit, but close. Okay. Um, But yeah, I I wear – I wore a baseball cap today because my hair is too dirty and I'm trying to extend it before my trip and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like the look of a hat. I think it's cute. But I honestly feel like I'm very disoriented without my like upwards peripheral vision, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, like, it does. It affects way more – I don't know. It affects me way more than I feel like it affects other people. Like because guys will wear like hats all the time, front facing and it yeah. like doesn't bother them. But I'm like I feel like I'm missing just half my field of vision all day. Like weird. Yeah. But. That is weird. But I guess guys also most of the time are taller than us. So I'm like does that – I don't know. Help. Maybe. Because they wear like backwards. less above you to like be worried about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I'm like, I haven't seen the sky all day. It's so true. Like, you're like, who needs to see it? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, though. Your part isn't going to be burnt. So. Exactly. Important. That's my issue. Yeah. So to now actually get into the point of this episode, like we said in the intro, we wanted to reflect on three years later what has occurred, what have we learned, and what we would tell our sad little hopeless COVID senior selves. Um, Yeah. And just like give advice, talk about how things have changed, all of that. So I think to start it out with a very uh, like predictable lesson learned that I would explain to my past self is that Mm -hmm. things don't always go as planned. And I think we literally have an episode called that, like when things don't go as planned. And like this could pertain to COVID. My parents also had a lot of health challenges in 2020, which was really hard. 
And I think just knowing that like, just because things don't go to your exact plan doesn't mean that they're going to be bad forever. And I think obviously like COVID was a very dramatic and like poignant example of this metaphor for like everybody. But I think this extends to just like life beyond COVID in general. Like everyone has ups and downs and just because you're in the middle of a down and things feel crazy and uncontrollable and like they've never been before, it doesn't mean you're not going to have another up. And I think a lot of people have had that experience with COVID. I mean, obviously a lot of people have had like devastating things happen to them or like lost family members, like God forbid. But um, aside from that, like I think we as a society have largely mm-hmm. emerged, which is good. Um, yeah. And hopefully a lot of our listeners have like emotionally recovered because I feel like that was like, it was literally just a gigantic trauma for everyone. Yeah, so <laughs> true. So We all trauma bonded. We literally us. did. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my first lesson or thing that I would tell my younger self is that every decision that you make, whether you're happy you made the decision or not, uh, brought you closer to the person that you are today. And so regardless of whatever decisions you made or whatever path you like ended up on, it did not cause you to fall behind. It did not cause you to fail. Uh, You're just doing what you think is best for you at the time with the information that you have. Um, So that's my like poetic roundabout way of saying like, don't beat yourself up for going to law school and then dropping out. It's okay. Yeah, I was going to say, it's totally reading fun. between the lines, <laughs> you're fine. I actually had like a big mentee bee recently uh, when I wasn't sure if I was going to get this promotion actually, where I was like, if I hadn't gone to law school, like I definitely would have been in this role by now and mm. everyone that I know is in a manager role by now and I'm a year behind everyone because I did a year of law school and like that whole year was a complete wash and I'm not where I want to be or where I need to be with my life and I'm 25 and I need to figure this all out and I'm getting kicked off my parents insurance and I just, <laughs> it was like a full, it was a full mentee bee. But I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't have the attitude that I have. I wouldn't have the grit, some may say, that I have if or like the um resilience that I have if I didn't go through that experience and I did learn something in law school. <laughs> Certainly something. <laughs> Certainly something had to come out of it. Even if it's just that like Thank God I'm not a lawyer right now Mm -hmm. because I would be, not to spoil an upcoming episode, but I'd be graduating law school right now Mm -hmm. and starting to study for the bar exam. Gasp. Gasp. (laughs) See? So you made a good decision past Kylie. Um, So yeah, just keeping that in mind of like, I feel like the four years that you spend in college, like it's such a small, isolated time that like everyone just progresses really, really fast because that's how it has to work in a four-year period, but your career is like 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. So why are you, like, why am I going to put myself in the same rush that I was in in undergrad and even the year of law school that I was in when like the goal is a sustainable, happy career? Mm-hmm. Like what, I don't need to rush myself. It's fine. Like, and also like factually, there's plenty of 25-year-olds that are below, and I'm using air quotes, below a manager level mm-hmm. like it's not it t- titles are titles like it's not that deep it's okay you're fine relax take your uh anti-anxiety meds and roll with the punches because it's fine you're doing good 
Yeah. And I like um, the, I always like the phrase, like you're doing the best you can with the information that you have, because I think yeah, even if you think about your past self, unless you just like were an unhinged past self, which like maybe you sure. were, but most people like yeah. think of themselves as rational throughout their lives with like the sure. tools that they have. And so, yeah, I think just like, even if you look back at something and you're like, well, that wasn't the best or like, this wouldn't have happened if I had done things differently or whatever. It's like just trusting your past self and like reminding yourself that you could only do the best you could at that time. And that's what you did. Yeah. Um, or maybe you just didn't want to do your best and that's also fine. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe you just didn't have it in you to do your best. Like mm-hmm. sometimes that's also what happens. And like, I don't know. I yeah. think it's, it's all about the, the self-awareness and like if you're able to recognize that maybe you didn't make the best decision in the past like that's a huge sign of growth and reflection and self-awareness that a lot of people don't have so Mm -hmm. you're doing good relax at me agree i need you relax my next one you guys probably saw this coming because i feel like i've just been sharing like a lot about this topic over the last year or so but just kind of if i could tell myself three years ago that you don't need to say goodbye to things that you love doing just -hmm. because you don't fit like the traditional mold of what that looks like anymore or like the traditional conventional space that it's done in or anything like that because there really are spaces for everything believe it or not it's just all about like putting yourself out there finding those spaces creating those spaces if they don't exist and obviously if you're reading between the lines this is most relevant to me with dance I think at this time three years ago I was really, really mourning the fact that I wasn't going to have dance in my life anymore and that I didn't get the closure of like my final show. Like I just didn't really realize that there were pathways to continue doing it at the level that I wanted. And I think it's been like, I literally talked so often about how I needed to find a replacement for dance in my life. Like I feel like that was an ongoing theme for like the first year of the podcast was like, what's going to be my workout now that I don't have dance? What's going to be my creative outlet now that I don't have dance? And it's like, if I could just shake past me and be like, you don't have to not have dance. Like you can, (laughs) or like, you don't have to leave behind things you used to like doing just because you're now like artificially of an age that people don't do it anymore. Like if there's something you love doing, like find the space to do it and like continue doing it because it will enrich your life so much. And like, I honestly, I dance more now than I did in college, like significantly more hours a week. And like, it's so great to have something outside of work that like gives you fulfillment and like gratification and like gives you a reason to log off and socialize with people and be somewhere. Like, it's just, I can't even like describe how it's made such a difference like in my life. And obviously it wasn't even an option during COVID, but like I just think even COVID aside, I wouldn't have thought I could continue in the way that we have um, just post-grad in general. Like I didn't know about these groups. And so, yeah, this is your sign. If you like kickball, crochet like cooking like anything like there are spaces for you to like do the things that you love and just because you're like a working professional or a student or whatever you are like you still belong in those spaces like doing the things that you want to do so yeah take this as your sign yeah certainly and I also find it interesting when you said like you didn't know if there were pathways to continue at the level that you wanted to like even for you personally I bet 22 year old you would not have expected you to be loving ballet and like That's, dedicating yeah. as much time to ballet. So it's also like, you know, the core of dance and keeping that hobby is the same, but you never know how it could ch- like evolve mm-hmm. in adult life. What like, and I'm sure that's applicable to most hobbies. Like most hobbies have little niche 
you know, styles and interests and whatnot. Yeah. Or like just knowing that the way the way you continue it doesn't have to be the way it looked for you in the past, but like yeah. don't let that hold you back from finding ways to continue yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, the next thing that I would tell 22-year-old Kylie, and this is this is a tough thing to admit, um, <laughs> because it, it makes me look bad, and I know that, okay? <laughs> I know that. Uh, but try not to be so judgmental of your friends in relationships, specifically, like, behaviors or decisions they may make in relationships, uh, because it is really, really, really hard to say or predict what you would do or how you would act in a relationship when you haven't actually experienced it for yourself. And to save face a little bit, like I'm not saying that like I sat and like ruminated and was like, well, if I was Anya in this relationship, <laughs> like I would have done this, 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 and this and that fight. But like your friend will vent to you about something that their boyfriend did and in that split moment, you'll be like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, I wouldn't put up with that. Oh, yeah, like, like oh, I would immediately okay dump him. Like, what's her – yeah. why is she with him kind of thing? But it's like – A hundred percent. You don't have all the background of the whole situation and whatever. Yeah. You don't have all the background of the whole situation. And truthfully, as, like, corny and, like, gross as it sounds, like – when love is involved, when you love another person, like it's not as simple as just being like, all right, bye. Yeah, like that's, that's objectively bad. I'm leaving. Yeah, like it's like there's yeah. much more nuance. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's much more like complex. It's much more like emotionally taxing. Um, and this isn't to say that like you should put up with like bad behavior or like settle or anything like that. Like that's not what I'm trying to say, but like in every relationship, there's going to be times where your partner does something that does not make you happy, that annoys you, that makes you angry, that makes you sad, like whatever it may be, because they're just another human being at the end of the day. And we all do that to other human beings. And yeah, I just, I wish that I had a little more grace for my friends, um, just like internally at the time, like empathize with them a bit more but i i literally couldn't empathize i'd never been Mm -hmm. in love before i'd never been in that position before um and yeah it's just so much more complex than you can really conceptualize before you've experienced it and this is a very niche thing because most people have a first relationship before they're 24 years old but if you're like me there's a niche audience out there i have a comment that's (laughs) going viral on tiktok right now (laughs) of girls (laughs) like me so uh if you're one of those 4,000 people, uh, stop judging. Just let it roll off your back. Be like, that's what she's doing in our relationship. All right. Good for yeah. her. Move on. And like you can – I think you can definitely like look to your friends' relationships as like either things you want in a future relationship or things you don't want. Like you can like take lessons from the people around you. But I think like coming from a place of more like judgment or like I think at one point you had mentioned – realizing how difficult it is to strategize like spending time with people and like making those kinds of like compromises and choices and like that kind of stuff like I imagine if you've never been in a relationship like it's annoying to see your friends pick their boyfriend but then once you're in a relationship you're like oh I get it so it's yeah I think this like applies to like this was like a more niche down example but in general you can apply this to like almost anything like if you're not in someone's shoes you can't fully understand like why they're making the choices they are like what perspective they're bringing to the situation that you don't have so. Yeah. And unless they're doing something like objectively horrific, like no matter what the circumstances, it would be a bad thing to do. Like 
it's just you don't you don't know enough information mm-hmm. realistically. You're not in their head. You're not in their shoes. Um, so yeah, just have a little more like grace for people. They're doing mm-hmm. their best. It all goes back to they're doing their best yeah. with the tools. Yeah, we're they just have. doing our best. <laughs> or you're not, and that's fine too. Anyway, yeah. Um, my next one is, I guess, kind of around imposter syndrome. I think when I first started my job, I dealt with this way more than I do now. I honestly feel like I very rarely deal with it now. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with this mindset. This is actually a Shonda – is it Shonda Rhymes or Chandra Rhymes? I never know. Oh, I thought it was Shonda. Shonda Rhymes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she said this quote, and it was it's just really simple. It's, you belong in any room that you enter. And I feel like that's a really good, just like short See. thing to remind yourself if you're ever in a situation. Like I've been in literal rooms where this has felt scary, like walking into a room – for example, I went on like a work trip to DC and I had to go in like this networking thing with a bunch of people that I had never met, flown across the country, like all these people that I've never seen before. And I was like, for a second there, I like went to the bathroom and I was like hiding and I was like, I don't want to be here. Like, I'm like, this is actually my worst nightmare. Like having to meet people I don't know and like be professional and like corporate and whatever. Like I was yeah. like, I hate this. And then I had to like take a step back and be like, I'm literally invited here. Like I flew yeah. here because I was asked to be here. <laughs> so I should like act that way. Um, and I feel like this just applies to like almost anything, like just because an environment like seems intimidating doesn't mean that you should be intimidated by it. Like you belong anywhere that you end up and like car dealership today. Another example, like, is that a comfortable ideal environment for me? Like the smell of burning rubber and like a bunch of sweaty men? No, it's like literally my worst nightmare, but it's like, I have the money. I'm there to buy a vehicle and I'm allowed to be here and I'm allowed to have thoughts and opinions and questions. And it's like, Mm -hmm. You just got to have that approach to everything, I feel like. And I only figured that out like in the last like year and a half, I would say. Like I think I really struggled with it like originally out of school, especially with like ramping up remote. Like I just think that doesn't help. Like if coming out of your shell in a professional setting is your problem, like you're only going to retreat further in like a Zoom world. Um, But yeah, hopefully I – expressed what I (laughs) wanted to say. Yeah. No, that was great. That was great. My next uh, thing that I would tell myself is that friends come into your life either for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I think especially in your 20s, and I would even argue that like in your early 20s specifically, uh, you change so much as a person. Like you're really coming into yourself. You're coming into your values, into your morals, like the beliefs that you have, the life you want to live. And so it makes sense that like you might be meeting a lot of people that aren't sticking around in your life for a long time because you like meet them at a time where you haven't quite fully formed like a value or like something that's important to you and the people that you have in your life. You haven't like figured that out yet or you haven't articulated it yet, whatever it may be. Um, So as you like change, your friends are going to change. Like the people that you get along with is going to change. And the same thing if you're making friends with other 20-something-year-olds, they're also changing just as much. So like it's very possible that, you know, you enter a friendship that lasts like a year and then come the end of that year, you're like, we're just not super compatible anymore. We Mm -hmm. don't really have any like reason to continue friendships. Um, And it doesn't need to be like a, a dramatic like this I don't want to be your friend anymore because you don't align with my values like they they were there for a reason they were there for a season but maybe they're not there for a lifetime 
And I think I I have like particularly noticed and reflected a lot on I feel like I got lucky that my like four lifelong friends that like I know I'm going to have forever I met pretty young. I met obviously us at like 12. Um mm-hmm. but I realistically became good friends at 18. Um, and then same with my college friends. Like I met them really between 18 and 20 and then Mm -hmm. we were friends from there. And I feel like I haven't quite made like a friend that feels like that in my early 20s. And that Mm -hmm. was something that I was like reflecting on. Like I can really only think of like one or two people that I'm like, I hope that they're a lifetime friend, but it's kind of like too soon to say um, and I can think of like loads of people that just ended up being like acquaintances or like we didn't really like make sense to be friends. And I kind of had a moment of like, is it me? Like, am I <laughs> am I the problem? And I don't think it's that. And I don't even necessarily you have to like say like, oh, so it's the other person that's the problem. It could be neither of your problem. Yeah. You're just you're changing and you're growing and you're coming into yourself. And with that, there's like the people you surround yourself with is going to change. You're some of the people you surround yourself with and so as you figure out who you want to be um and what you want to put out into the world you're going to change the people that you surround yourself with um so that they better align with that yeah and even just to like add some perspective on this too like I feel like if you think about your life like stages that you've had previously like so like elementary school middle school high school like how many people from all of those times have really stuck around like you are going through the same stage now that you did when you were like transitioning from elementary school to middle school and it's like think of all the friends you made and lost during that time and so like we're just more self-aware of it now like when you're a kid you don't really think about friendship that much like it's just like we play like you know and it's like you're not that conscientious of the whole thing but now it's like we're hyper analyzing are we friends am I doing enough am I being a good friend whatever and so it's like you just think about a lot more which is a good thing but I think also just reminding yourself of like I have like made and like quote unquote lost so many friends throughout my life and it's all led me to like the people that I have now. Like it's not always yeah. so, um, I don't know, black and white, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good way to put it. But yeah. And then obviously like, like anything, like you're going to go through actual like friend breakups and mm-hmm. those suck and those at are me. hard, but they're also at me too, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it happens and it's fine. And those – I like to think that the people that were friend breakups, they're more the people that were there for a reason mm-hmm. than a season. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the season ones are the ones that just like kind of respectfully grew apart or, you know, realized that it just wasn't a compatibility. Um, but yeah. So don't beat yourself up. You're probably not the problem. But it's worth doing some reflection. Make sure that you're not the problem <laughs> and then this advice applies. <laughs> Um, my next one is, I think I used to be a lot more focused on prestige in general. Mm. Um, so like I used to think that like a more well-known or like bigger or yeah, just more like highly visible school or like company or job role or whatever was like inherently better. And I think like post-grad I was ramping up like my job search like right during COVID and everything. And I think when I first took my job, I kind of felt like not that I was settling, but that maybe I should have like paid more attention to opportunities at like the McKinsey's of the world or like Deloitte, like all of these like 
big four consulting firms that everyone knows the mm-hmm. name of and like why am I starting my career at such a small place? No one's going to know it. No one's going to recognize it on my resume. Like all of kind of those thoughts of like, did I make the wrong choice? And -hmm. like the reality is like, I have 1000%, I know this for a fact, had so many more opportunities working where I work than I would have had I joined one of those big four consulting firms and sold my soul and worked 80 hours to get no recognition at all. And I just think, yeah, like I've kind of, grown up from that idea that like just because things are prestigious to someone they're better like I just think that's just an immature like perspective and I would like remind myself of that a couple years ago because I think I was still at this time kind of in the phase of like oh I should have gone for like something more name brand and it's like well literally who cares like (laughs) yeah literally who cares (laughs) and you put it well because like my first like thought process was like if someone only cares about the name of the company or the school on your resume, like that's not really someone that I care to impress anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, you really can't look past that. Like that's all that matters. I could literally be cleaning the bathrooms at Deloitte and that would matter more to you than like the work that I'm doing at a smaller company. Like miss me with that. It's Mm -hmm. fine. So yeah. And that, that's a good point of like, the opportunities and the paths that are meant for you, you'll find on if you take like the smaller route or if you just take the route that like feels more right for you in that moment. And if it's not like a big, big company or a prestigious school or anything like that, like the people who really matter and who will really like help you and um, like bring those opportunities to you won't get hung up on the fact that your resume doesn't say yeah. Yale or doesn't say Accenture. Yeah. And like, I could be biased, but I genuinely think I've learned so many more different types of transferable skills working somewhere Mm -hmm. that is less structured like that. Like, I think when you work at a big organization, you get very pigeonholed and very narrowed into one specific thing because that's how big organizations tend to have like their staffing models set up. And it's like, I feel so much more like versatile for having had to do all of these different types of roles at this really small organization than if I had hyper-focused on like one type of carbon credit at one type yeah. of consulting firm. Like it's just, yeah, like I don't yeah. know. Every yeah, Everything happens for a reason and prestige only matters to people that are immature generally. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Not to yuck the yum of anyone who's working at like a larger company because like obviously there's people that like a Deloitte is right for like if you want to do consulting for major companies on huge projects you kind of have to go for a a big fork consulting Mm -hmm. but do what you want live the life you want to live who cares don't let other people's opinions uh affect the decisions that you want to make um my next one we're bringing it back to love Uh, and it's, I would tell myself that I will find love, um, and that I deserve it and I'm worthy of it. I will have to muscle through, uh, some horrible dating app experiences that will become fun stories to share on this very podcast. Uh, but I will get there. I think I spent a lot. I'm like, how do I dive into this without it becoming a full therapy session? Um, high school, I didn't really receive any male attention and I was kind of like, bummed about it, but was like, well, college is going to come around and I'm sure I'm going to meet someone in college and it's going to be great. And then college came and went and I still hadn't been in a relationship, never been in love. And I was like, this is starting to get a little annoying. This is, I'm <laughs> starting to get mad. 
Um, and for a really long time, I think I told myself that love and relationships and partnership was something that happened to other people and not to me. Um, and I assumed that it was something with me um, and that I just, for whatever reason, wasn't a desirable partner to other people, uh, to men specifically, because that's unfortunately who I date. And obviously that's not true because I'm in a relationship. So clearly at one guy, one singular <laughs> guy, thank God for him, uh, thought that I was, one guy wanted to be in a relationship with me. One guy wanted to be my partner. That's all that it takes. And yeah, and I deserve to love and to be loved. I think I have a lot of love to give. I think that my current partner and if for whatever reason we don't work out, any future partners would be really lucky to be in a relationship with me. And that's been a fun thing to learn. I think being in a relationship especially has really like put that mindset to the test of like really having to come into my own and like recognize and feel empowered by the fact that I like am a good partner and I am good at loving people and caring for people and making them feel very safe and comfortable and I deserve that in return and yeah that's like I, I'll stop there I'm getting so gross and sappy but <laughs> it like I had there were there were dark days there were dark days love where I was like fuck dude like I'm never gonna meet anyone like I'm just gonna be that I'm I am destined for cool aunt status like I'm just gonna mm -hmm. be the cool single aunt that never had a man and everyone's gonna think wow she's so cool for like never being tied down to a man and in reality I was just like I can't find anyone that wants to tie me <laughs> down <laughs> please someone tie me down um so yeah and also like it's really not as abnormal as it feels to get into your first like serious relationship in your like early to mid 20s like it's really not it's not I'm not gonna go so far as to say it's the norm but it's, you're not like a leper like it's <laughs> it happens to like a decent amount of people um and also no I think to the lepers out there yeah <laughs> no so sorry if you're a leper out there um <laughs> but yeah, and even, like, I've had conversations with my current partner about how, like, there even is a difference between, like, okay, you had a high school boyfriend. Cool. Having a high school boyfriend and a college boyfriend is different. Mm -hmm. Okay, you had a college boyfriend. Cool. Having a college boyfriend and an adult boyfriend is very different. And that's something, you know, my current partner had a college relationship. I'm his first serious relationship after college. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, you're kind of learning just as much as I am in this situation um because your circumstances your environment your intentions are mm -hmm. all just they're different and there's a lot more to consider anyways i'll stop rambling but 22 year old kylie take a once again relax okay take a chill pill uh update your hinge profile it's gonna be fine girl. <laughs> you're good you're good amen and it just gets back to the like you're not falling behind concept in yeah general. yeah um, this isn't like a fully formed thought, but I, I'm not sure how to put it. But I think like in college, I think my experience was that I had a lot more control over my perceived success and like mm -hmm. failure and like things were much more black and white um, as far as, 
yeah, just like success and failure. And I think yeah, that that could be a result of mainly like my major and stuff. Like I know uh, my friends that did like business would not feel that way because uh, they had a lot of like group projects and stuff. But for me, like everything was very like individual work. I had complete control yeah, over my schedule. Same. I had complete control over when I could do assignments and the quality of the assignments and all of that. And like, I think being in a work environment full time, it's like, there are so many external factors that contribute to like your ability to be like quote unquote successful, whether that's like someone else needs to get you the information before you can start or like you need to get this person's approval or you need to work with this external person or there's no way to promote you mid-cycle. Like there's all these like different external things that don't have to do with you that yeah. impact your experience or like impact how you're perceived or like if you feel successful or whatever. And I just think you have to be like much more comfortable in the gray as like an adult yeah. and just realizing that like things literally like cannot be black and white. That's like not how the world works. Like pretty much everything exists in the gray and you have to like get comfortable with that. And yeah, not every assignment that you do has to be like a thousand percent perfect before you turn it in as the deliverable or whatever. Like there's just way too yeah. many factors at play to like even manage that anymore. And I don't know if this really goes along with it, but I wrote it in the same point, so I'll say it. But I like the saying of like, if you only have 40% to give some days and you give 40% on those days, then you gave 100%. Like just knowing that like yeah, you need to show up in the way that you're able to and like that's enough kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I that's think it. it's interesting because <laughs> like when you're a student, you're only ever – especially in college, you're only ever a student for like four months at a time. And then you get at least a month, if not more, from mm-hmm. like not being a student. And I think working full time for most people is the first time that like you're having to do like the student workload, <laughs> if not more, at like year round. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I feel like I, as as an adult in a full time job, it feels like I have way more days where I'm only able to give forty percent. And it's like, well, are there more days? Like, are are you just, like, not able to give 100% more? Or is it that the sample size that you're working with is mm-hmm. larger? So naturally, like, you know what I mean? Like, percentage-wise, yeah. maybe 30% of your days, you could only give 50%. And now it feels like it's at, like, 45 or 50%. But realistically, when you look at the numbers, you're still at 30%. It's just more days because you're working more. Yeah. Um. And just, like, so, you yeah. can't compare your past version of, like, productivity to, yeah. like, your current one. Like, it's just not even, like, a comparable a context. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. Certainly. Um, so my last thing that I would tell my younger self is to be financially literate or at the very least just learn as much as you can about personal finances, learn how you can set yourself up for financial success in the long term because it really, really matters that you start in your 20s. And if you're 25, 26, 27 listening to this episode right now and you're like, oh, I haven't even begun that, there's still time. But mm-hmm. like your 20s is like such a like crucial time period where you're going to start making you know, a full-time salary. And the longer that you save and invest in things like retirement, in things like 
down payments on a home or a wedding, whatever it may be, the more time you give yourself, the better off you'll be. Um, so definitely like learn as much as you can. I'm sure some colleges offer like electives and like personal finance or whatever, or they should. Um, I'm sure there's like online courses. Do whatever you need to do, however you learn best uh, to set yourself up for success because it's really important. Get that compounding interest started. Hell yeah. (laughs) We love compound interest over here. Um, And the last thing I would tell ourselves three years ago is that we're still doing this podcast because I actually remember we had a conversation around like when we were picking the name and we were like, oh, two degrees hotter, like that's sick, like let's do it. And then I said to you, I was like, well, what about when you get your JD? Are we going to be three degrees hotter? (laughs) And And I said, don't worry about that. (laughs) Well, you said something like, if we're even doing this by then, like I remember that was like your response. You're like, if we're still doing the podcast by then, like we'll talk about it. Like you were kind of like, there's no way this is like lasting that long. And like we both kind of felt that way because like we didn't know what we were doing. And so true. Here we are. And we've literally never missed a week. Not literally. We've never missed a week. We're still doing it and we're still two degrees hotter. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Please. I literally 2021 me was like, you know what? I have a way to fix this title. (laughs) I will just not get another degree. I simply will throw away the other degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at us. And we're glad that you guys stuck around and and listened to us. That's such Mm -hmm. a sleigh. Our little family. Our our podcast family. Someone, um sent us a dm today oh I, my phone is charging i would go get her name if uh it wasn't so far away but um yeah, I have mine. in our uh i think it's like in our primary dms her name is tori okay so she sent even just like getting a dm of like someone sending us like a stanley cup like meme video because they know we yeah. like stanley cups like i'm like i feel so known by all of you you know yeah, or like, I feel so seen. Yeah, or like people commenting on like my TikTok being like, oh my God, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. Uh, we want to do something like in person if you anyone's in the Boston area like later this year. So if anyone has ideas or preferences or thinks that that's a terrible idea, let us know because um, we want to celebrate this whole thing being around for a while you know this old shindig Mm -hmm. (laughs) the shtick we got going yep and with that you know what to do you can follow us on instagram submit to our anonymous suggestion box you can email us if you wish uh we're not that good with the inbox i won't i won't lie um and with that we will well kylie would talk to you next week i won't be here so yeah So true. (laughs) It's me and you, baby. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) See you next Tuesday. Bye.